step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's still real to me, damn it, damn it. Everybody, welcome to this week's edition of the Still Realto Show, episode number 681, March 2nd, 2023. This is your AW Revolution preview and predictions edition of SRTU. I am one after the show. I am Jeff Peck. Joined every single week by my host, the one and only Dr. Trey Franklin. Dr. Trey, radio superstar, my friend. Yeah, do I get to add political conservative commentator on my resume now? Like, or better yet, when I'm on independent posters, can I be? Can I put on there like, like instead of like as seen on AEW, like as heard on <laughs> Talk ninety nine point five? Do I get to add that on my flyers? I guess. Yeah, I, th- I guess. Yeah, you can. I mean, it's always like comedians would be like, um, you know, they start on SNL. There's a lot of comedians that were on SNL, and it just turns out they were background players. So I don't see why not. Do one appearance on AEW Dark Elevation. Yes. And then they start throwing that up on their posters like, hey, my booking fees just went up. Um, so it's like, why? Because you lost in 12 seconds? That, that's fantastic. Good for you. Um, but yeah, like, like, look, any way to get the, uh, the the good name of Dr. Trey out there in the public, man, I'm, I'm all about it because uh, branding is marketing and marketing brings people back to our show. Yeah, big day for Dr. Trey, who was on uh, Talk 99.5 in Birmingham, Alabama today. Is it the Dale Jackson show? Uh, this was actually Dale Jackson show has his morning show that runs from like six to nine. And then he does a show on Talk 99.5 called News and Views. Okay. Um, and that's what I was on today from uh, 10 to 12. So two hours, Dr. Trey on regular radio, um, making his debut. How did it feel, man? Um, so it is if so, you and I go back a long ways. You, and if you remember the night that we went to Bauer Studio to do the WrestleMania preview show, it was similar to that. Like I, at that point, I had never which, been in a radio. St- oh, go ahead. Which, by the way, is almost fourteen years ago now. Forgot. That's how. Yeah, because that was uh, oh eight oh nine. Yeah, that's crazy. Okay, so. <laughs> But yeah, I had those nerves because I, I didn't really know you. I had only like in my only interaction with you had been through uh, EA game EA game show, and then my only real interactions with Bauer had been through you know call-ins to Sirius and through EA game show. So didn't know you guys. I was super nervous. So I had that anxiety come back, and you would think after like you know twelve years of doing this with you, I would think I'm decent. At talking and no, the butterflies came in, all those things came in because, you know, Jeff's you've known me for almost 14, 15 years now. Like you've known, I've always wanted to do radio shows and finally getting the opportunity to actually co-host a show and not just be a guest on one segment like I've done in the past was kind of a cool new opportunity. So, uh, but walking into the studio and then doing a show where the host is 97 miles away and I have never worked with him to try to figure out like my cues, when to jump in, when not prompted was kind of an interesting dynamic, but overall, like it it was a really fun experience, really great opportunity. And, uh, I got to make fun of, uh, 
Dr. Oz and Dr. Phil and Dr. Joe Biden at one point as well. So, um, and discussed FBI and discussed the Alex Murdoch case and all kinds of stuff that we never talk about on this show because we're about wrestling. So we don't really bring politics into it very often, but definitely a, a different dynamic for me to kind of delve into. However, both pretty much scripted, right? Yeah. For the most part. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, we were talking off air, like, um, political, basically politics in general is wrestling without the violence. And even <laughs> that has kind of amped up over the years. If you go back a few months ago and they had the fight break out in the Capitol building. So, um, not the January 6th one, but the one actually over the speaker of the house stuff, like, yeah, the violence is coming in, but for the most part, you know, all these people that are in politics are basically playing characters and playing to their fan bases and, you know, best good guy best heel wins in most of these elections yeah so what uh what what did you think man political radio versus wrestling radio did was it was it difficult to pull the political strings versus the wrestling strings that we'll do here for for the next hour to a degree uh, i mean wrestling for me is is you know is my passion it's my love like i've i've studied this inside and out politics is something i've always kind of dip my fingers and toes into at times. Like I've thought about running for political office at points in my life. And, um, so I'm not as in depth in my knowledge of politics as I am in my knowledge of wrestling and sports. But look, I, I'm a modern man. I got to stay abreast of all things, all, polit- all topics running around the world. Cause when you got, when you're married, you have kids and those kids are out dealing with stuff and your wife's out dealing with stuff. You have to be able to be kind of the center point and kind of keep all those people in balance. And knowing the way that people are kind of thinking um, helps out with those with all that stuff. Yeah. So big day uh, dream come true. Right. Being on radio. It is uh, it's wild doing it. I, I did it back in the earlier part of the decade now, almost 10 years removed. Um, from being in the radio industry, it's a lot of fun talking, uh, especially about things that you enjoy. It's the stuff that you necessarily are like in the middle on, or, or may not be a big fan of that. You have to elevate some more to make it sound like you give a damn. That's where I feel like uh, people's true talents shine through. So, you know, politics is certainly not my wheelhouse. It's not something I like talking about. Um, I find, a politics, especially in the United States, more embarrassing than like being a wrestling fan. Like we've always joked around, like, you know, it's not cool being a wrestling fan sometimes, but this is like, I don't know, props to you, man. I, I don't think I could have pulled off the, the political nonsense for sure. Um, I will say there were times when topics came up and I'm like, I, in my head, I went, I have I vaguely know what we're talking about here. So some of the stuff with like the deep dives into, you know, the FBI, you know, cases and things like, I I don't know a ton of that stuff, but when it comes to talking about Trump and Biden, I'm like, I literally looked at this whole thing. Like it was, you know, a Vince McMahon storyline. So that's how I kind of ran with it. Um, but it was a lot of fun. It was pretty interesting. And the fact that you actually tuned in and listened for a little bit, I, I can't tell you how much that means to me. And the fact that you actually told me that I sounded like I knew what the hell I was talking about, makes it even better because half the time I didn't. Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> you gotta be part salesman, right? It's the, uh, what's the, what's the phrase they use? It's an improv, right? Yes. And even if you don't know something, you still respond with a yes to and, and then you keep the conversation going. It's uh plus you're in sales and like your day job. So talking in radio, doing the podcast, that type of stuff, having conversations, like there's obviously elements where we don't know, we may not know something, but you could keep the conversation going. You've certainly been doing that for a long time, and it was great to hear you on the uh, FM radio stations today, my friend. I know, I, I, I literally like I've, we've we've had these moments over the years where I've had people tune into the podcast, and I'm always telling them, I like, look, Jeff sounds more professional than I do. He's got a great radio voice. It sounds very, very polished. Um, I'm the weirdo. Like I, I say the weird random crap that nobody thinks about. So uh, our dynamic works really well. And I, I think the dynamic worked well. Now Dale is like super hyper and really high strung and I'm a little bit more laid back. So I, maybe our dynamic works as well uh, with those opposing kind of styles. But at the end of the day, you just, you just kind of fake it till you make it. And that's kind of where I was at today in radio. Could you see him at all? No, but in my head, since I know him so well, like, okay, 
it's ironic ironic that uh, we've almost been called doppelgangers. We we look very <laughs> similar. We both have bald heads, same kind of height, same kind of build with a beard. And then the guy I was filling in for also looks like us. So it was kind of that weird uh, Spider-Man uh, gif where the three Spider-Men are pointing at each other. That's kind of how I feel when I work with these guys. I'm like, well, you kind of look like me and he kind of looks like you and the whole weird – it's a weird bald-headed, bearded club that we're in. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, at least you've had some good practice as well. I mean, you you know him personally. You yeah. know me personally. You can't see me when we do this podcast. You can't see him when you were doing the radio. So I guess it was like doing SRTU, but it was just in the political realm. Yeah, except that like in, – and in, once again, I think I mentioned this off air. Like I've, I've only done segments with Dale before. Like I've been a guest on the show to hype up Rocket City, but I was always in studio with him. Uh, with you, I have 12 years of experience kind of knowing your verbal cues and, and when you kind of trail off on a statement that kind of lets me know when to kind of jump in. Didn't have that today. So yeah, it's difficult. Uh, I had to kind of feel my way through it in the beginning. A lot of times he was like directly asking me stuff, but then towards about the middle last hour of the show, I kind of knew when I could interject and jump in. And uh, even the producer of the show, actually, uh, apparently we found out that we actually lived in the same area of North Carolina when SRTU started and we were only about 35 miles apart at the time. So, uh, but you know, he's kind of the same thing. We, you know, we know with guys in radio that he brought up how transient the radio lifestyle is. So mm-hmm. that's kind of what, that's always been one of my, uh, my hesitations about going full time in the rate into radio is like, Hey, it'd be great to actually stay in Alabama, but how many people actually get to stay in the same state when they're chasing jobs in radio? And you and I both know how that lifestyle really is. Yeah, no, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I'm not in it anymore, to be honest with you. I mean, it I would almost drive 90 minutes to two hours to go to ESPN Radio uh, in Bristol, where ESPN is headquartered. When I was doing the Hartford run, that was well over an hour. And then, obviously, once those contracts run out for Hartford, you know, the show ended. Thankfully, I was able to stick around and go to Bristol at ESPN, but that was always my big concern. I mean, we had opportunities potentially to go to uh, Colorado and go to Florida, and I'm not the transient type. If you got family, you want to stick around, you don't do radio. But maybe there's chances for that to change nowadays. I've been out of, for, out of it for a while. You could literally do the show from your house wherever you are nowadays as well. So you never know. Yeah, I, I know the guys. I, I, I know the guys that do the uh, morning sports talk show. Uh, Greg McElroy and Cole Kublik, like their shows, based out of Birmingham, but they also call games. They're calling games for the XFL right now. And you know, s- side nudge, segue into back into the wrestling world. But half the times they're doing their shows remote from wherever, whatever hotel they're staying in, getting ready to call the game. So the potential to kind of do a show from home. Uh, is much more likely now than it was back when you were in radio mm-hmm. or even to a degree when, I mean, Bauer's been still been doing shows like in Florida from, you know, his, his home base in Connecticut. So it is a possibility. It's a way to do it. But yeah, I, I really don't like as much as I, this is a great dream of mine. And, and you know, I, I told you off air, I got a little bit more potential lined up for it. Still don't want to be like dragging the family around the country all the time. My wife just got promoted at work. Ooh, I mean, it's crazy. Like they made her the store manager. She's only been there nine months, and they actually jumped her up three levels to become the store manager of nice. the auto parts store. So, you know, when stuff like that happens, and and you know, Peyton's a, a so- going to be a sophomore in high school. You just don't want to move when you have. We actually have roots in place to uproot everybody to go chase the radio dream. It is not the smartest condition or smartest thing to do. No, it's the the world of being a radio person is almost as similar to that as a professional wrestler, with the exception of you're not on the road every single week. But the train the the transient lifestyle can be very similar, where you're packing up your family, moving around place to place, state to state, country to country. God only knows. But a big day for Doctor Trey Franklin being on radio uh airwaves in birmingham alabama congratulations to him again for fulfilling that dream doing an entire show very very happy for him seeing the uh seeing someone leave the srtu nest like dr trey he's been the one that's been chasing that for some time very very happy for you dr trey so congratulations again and uh let's get into some uh, professional wrestling news and notes for this week as we are heading to aw revolution that will be taking place this sunday on pay-per-view 
Uh, first off, Dr. Trey, we're going to stick it around in the world of WWE. Um, there is a lot of thoughts right now based on current bookings and creative in World Wrestling Entertainment that Vince McMahon is back influencing said creative. Uh, late last week, after post post we, show we did, uh, anonymous wrestlers were telling the dirt sheets that Vince is back influencing creative. WWE came out, denied those statements, like that it wasn't true. But then you really think about it. And Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. One of the things that we were kind of like iffy about was the Bobby Lashley-Brock Lesnar match and what it would lead to. We didn't understand it from Elimination Chamber. And the more we've seen as we've gotten away from Elimination Chamber, the more I still don't understand why the hell that they did what they did, because that was very strange and very inconsistent. That's specific match. No follow up. Brock, this monster baby face, um, does a cowardly thing, kicks Bobby Lashley and breaks the hurt lock. And the match ends by disqualification. At that point, you would think that Brock is the heel. But you know, weeks later, he's out there still doing the babyface thing, and now he's feuding with Omos. Meanwhile, Bobby Lashley's moved on to Bray Wyatt. Okay, so that really makes no sense. And then you think about it a little bit more. Lesnar Omos at WrestleMania 39 screams Vince McMahon. Okay, spider senses are tingling. Go back to Elimination Chamber again. Sammy loses to Roman Reigns. A lot of people are pointing that that only happens if Vince is back in creative. Even though we talked it out and like, okay, this makes sense. You want to go into WrestleMania with Roman Reigns, Cody Rhodes. Roman's your guy. You're going to be doing Cody a disservice if you put in Sammy, put the title on Sammy and it's babyface versus babyface because I think the crowd will side with Sammy. There's a big wave for both those guys right now and Cody Rhodes and Sammy Zayn. So it makes sense for that. So I take a step back here, Dr. Trey, and I simply ask, do you think Vince McMahon is back influencing creative or is this just essentially the first real hiccup of the triple H era of creative wrestling? Yeah. See, I, I think that maybe Vince in a, had a hand in maybe convincing Brock to have the match with Omos. Um, but the other stuff like, you know, mentioning, Oh, Sammy lost elimination chamber in Toronto. Drew McIntyre lost in Cardiff, Wales. That was one of the biggest baby faces pops we had heard. When that match went off, um, you're building up Cody Rhodes by putting Sammy into that. It deflates the value of this big investment you have in Cody Rhodes. So, you know, those decisions, I don't think are Vince influenced, but the Brock Omos one, I mean, Vince loves big men fighting. That's what is, I mean, Hogan Andre, like this is something he's always done and influenced. So I, to me, I think maybe on paper, that was something the Triple H creative team might have thrown out there. But to me, that's a Vince probably kind of helped convince Brock to go along with this match. Because on paper, it it feels like, to the casual wrestling fan, that's a huge step down from what Brock Lesnar usually does at WrestleMania. Like, Omos has not been a main event level threat, and Brock is kind of one of those main event level attraction kind of guys. Like, this to me is similar, I mean... Undertaker against a train, you know, as far as like, it, it just didn't make a ton of sense. And that's why they end up having to throw uh, somebody else into that match. Like uh, this big just, show and Nathan Jones, Nathan Jones. Did he not? I thought he had to wrestle a train at one WrestleMania. He, so it was supposed to be a tag team match. We're going to get off tangent here very quickly. Sorry, so I'll, I'll do yeah. it very quick. WrestleMania 19. It was going to be Nathan Jones, Undertaker taking on big show and a train. Nathan Jones was not ready. He was gonna, supposed to be like this big star. Yeah. Very famous fall from grace of professional wrestling. Big hype train around him. Undertaker ended up doing a handicap match at WrestleMania 19. And I think Nathan Jones came out at the end and like cleared house with Undertaker. But that was supposed to be a tag team match. But that's, I mean, that's my point. Like, out of all the Undertaker matches, after he, be, I mean, Undertaker, Dragon Gonzalez kind of feels odd looking back. But at the time, it made sense. But 
out of everything Taker's done in the last you know 20 years, that was kind of one of those, really, we're doing that match? And this kind of feels like that. Like, this is their way, like, okay, on paper, it's a step down for Brock, but hey, maybe it, they do something to elevate Omos to the next level. Uh, but it does, that does feel like a very Vince-influenced thing, whereas everything else kind of makes sense on the way Triple H puts stuff together as well. Yeah, it's, I don't know. I just feel like, I don't think like Vince is back. I don't think Vince is back in creative. Uh, just to answer the, the question that we're talking about here, I, I don't. I think in regards to the Bobby Lashley, Brock Lesnar elimination chamber match, I think something happened that I don't like creatively that they needed to come up with something to protect both guys. So it didn't come off as bullshit. I think that they wanted to have Brock win, right? I, you do the thing where Bray Wyatt comes out on SmackDown says, um, I, I'm going to face the winner of Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar. And then you hear, you know, the way that the match went down, went down, Bobby Lashley wins by disqualification, doesn't defeat Brock clean, even though it looks like he's on the verge of winning. Brock does a BS DQ thing that a babyface typically doesn't do. And then this past week, you're hearing the reports that um, Brock vetoed facing Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania 39. And and I think that maybe they ran that angle on Friday, Dr. Trey, thinking that they were going to be getting Bray Wyatt and Brock Lesnar. Brock said, no, don't want to do that match for whatever reason. I don't understand. Um, maybe that there's some sort of beef between the two guys. Because to me, that's a big-time WrestleMania match. Um, and then that's the, the finish they came up with. Everybody keeps pointing towards this match, you know, a couple of things, Elimination Chamber, almost Lesnar. But I think that there's something more to it that maybe we hear about somewhere down the line. But I don't think that means because it's all messed up that Vince is back in creative uh, at all. So that's how I feel, at least. No, I agree. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, Brock's not one of those guys that you – like, is, although his character is more silly and funny now than maybe – in the past, I just don't feel like the 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 I don't know the character of the Bray of Bray Wyatt right now, plus the all the ancillary characters that come along with it, fitting with Brock would make sense. Like I think Brock might get annoyed with it. Plus, you in that situation, whoever's facing Bray has to show a little fear, a little trepidation, and I don't know if Brock wants to show that in his character right now. Plus, Bray gets cheered really loudly. So does Brock. Bobby's kind of one of those guys that can go back and forth pretty easily. So I, I think they if, if that was the original plan, audibly makes sense because if you have Bray Wyatt and Brock Lesnar, the crowd's going to be split. So at least if you have Bray and Bobby, it's still probably going to be about 80, 70% cheering for Bray, 30% for Lashley, but it's not going to be as much of a straight split as it would be with Bray and Brock. Dr. Trey, let me ask you a question because we're being specific here to the Lashley, Lesnar, Lesnar, Omos, Sammy losing Elimination Chamber stuff. Is there anything else with WWE Creative right now that would make you think that Vince is back? Anything that you're seeing right now that does not make sense? Um, I don't know. I, I, I mean, everything kind of fits. I mean, Lita and Trish coming back, or, you know, coming back does kind of feel more like a Vince thing than maybe a Triple H thing. Uh, we know Vince loves his nostalgia people coming back in for shows. And although, you know, Triple H likes bringing his era of guys in, I don't know how that lines up. I know it's just that might, that might be the only thing I can think of. Everything else, though, kind of makes sense. Tag team wrestling right now maybe is a little bit down, and Vince is not big on tag teams, but I don't really know if Triple H, well, Triple H and NXT was huge on tag teams. So maybe the tag team division might be a, a Vince influence and in seeing a lot of tag team. Like we really don't have anybody stepping up to face the Usos other than, you know, the potential Kevin and Sammy mashup, but on the shows themselves, like we're really not seeing a ton of tag teams going at it. And the ones that we do see are kind of the, you know, Otis, uh, Maxim male models kind of comedic storyline. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I'm not, I couldn't, as you were talking there, I can't think of anything right now that I'm seeing. Like, I, I agree with you. I think maybe the women's tag team title situation could be something that is very Vince like. Um, but ultimately, if he's not involved and we're saying that it's Vince like or Vince is back involved, 
it could just be simply a case of bad creative. Um, yeah. We tend to point towards bad creative, especially a lot lately when it comes to AEW type stuff and praising WWE. But I think we can say in the last month that there has been some iffy creative from WWE that I don't think it's concerning yet, but it definitely like piques your interest when you see it heading to the most time of the year, important time of the year. It's like, do they fully know what they want to do yet? Which is a possibility they may not. So, um, yeah, I, I guess the final answer here, Dr. Troy, I'm saying Vince is not back influencing creative. No, I don't think Vince is influencing creative, though I, I do think Vince has influence over certain people, and if they don't like a certain creative angle, they may have Vince step in to assuage the, the situation, smooth it over, so to speak. That's true. The Brock, He has that relationship with Brock. Um, keeping with WWE and the WrestleMania 39 card specifically, we, we will be doing this every week, WrestleMania 39 card updates. Uh, previously mentioned as official Reigns, Rhodes, Flair, Ripley, Bianca Belair, and Asuka. Uh, this past week, now only one match, official one um, segment, I guess you'll want to say, is now official. The one match that is now official, Brock Lesnar versus Om- Omos, as we've been talking about here, is official for WrestleMania 39. And um, as we predicted here on last week's edition of the show, the host of WrestleMania 39 will be The Miz. Dr. Trey, thoughts on Lesnar Omos being official and Miz being the host for WrestleMania? So is Lesnar's gimmick also that he purposely mispronounces or messes up guys' names. Yeah, Omos. Almost. Almost. Yeah, kept calling him almost. Um but he did that with Bobby, you know, Bobby Lashley kept calling him Bob or Bobby Who. Um, you know, like I I think everything kind of makes sense for that. Like the Miz being the host is is a good move. Miz, you know, Miz on a microphone's fantastic. So even I still think they'll put somebody out there with him and probably Pat McAfee to be the co-host so they have that back and forth a little bit because i think the miz by himself might be perceived as a letdown based on previous hosts um but you know lashley omos uh <clears throat> it's official i i don't know i do i did like the mvp segment with brock lesnar i will say that one i thought that was pretty good segment for raw this past week you you thought you thought it was yeah i, I enjoyed the back and forth between lesnar messing with mvp and then mvp <laughs> spitting the drink in his face and you know See, I, okay so i liked it too up until that point i thought it was corny when they did that yeah but it was kind of it, it played into him saying hey i'm not going to suplex you but you know never said i wouldn't f5 you that type of thing so I, I didn't hate it but once again brock lesnar is letting somebody spit water or you know perceived liquid in his face i never thought brock would ever let anybody get with it which kind of shows me also he's on board with this angle to actually let it go that far is something I don't think Brock four or five years ago would have ever let that happen. Um, let's get to rumored expected. You, this is some of the list that we had on last week's show. Tell me one week later if you think it's um, going to happen or not going to happen. Usos and Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens. Still think it's going to happen. Uh, Some way, somehow. I, th- I think it gets there. So you were iffy about this last week. Uh, Dominic Mysterio, Rey Mysterio. Yeah, now it kind of feels like, yeah, it's actually going to happen. So, yeah, I'm, I'm now fully on board with that one. Uh, I expect this match to be official um, by the time we meet next week. Seth Rollins, Logan Paul. Yeah. No, I, I think, uh, by the way, I did love the, the, that. I like that angle, too, with the whole FaceTiming and, you know, Miz is knocked out, so he had to pull his eyes open. Like, I actually, I really like that segment, too. Yeah, that was pretty funny. That was good. Uh, Bobby Lashley, Bray Wyatt. I think there's a possibility this is official by next week as well. Oh, yeah. I, I definitely think this one's going to be official here before long as well. By the way, once again, loved that segment at the end of the Lashley match with uh, the workout video from you know the previous iteration. Just putting Bobby in there I thought was kind of funny. I'm iffy about this one. Becky Lynch and Lita, the new WWE Women's Tag Team Champions, defending against Ronda Rousey and Shannon Baszler. No, I still think there's going to be something in there that happens where the belts go to somebody else, and that's who we get challenging them. Because otherwise, if you do Shayna and Ronnie as Lita and Becky, that means damage control is not on the card. And I still think they want damage control on the card. So I still think they get they move the belts to like somebody else, and then Shayna and Ronda challenge them, and we still get Ronda... RCB, we get Becky, Lita, Trish versus Damage Control. So let me get to this next match here because, okay, um, we had this down last week. I think it's iffy still. 
because I, I'll give this, this is like part two of this. Then there's a part three that may be a new addition to this. Uh, Bailey versus Trish Stratus. I don't think you're putting Trish one on one with Bailey. I still think that I still think it gets it Becky and Lita and damage control dogs intertwined. So do we think Becky Lynch, Lita and Trish Stratus take on damage control at that, WrestleMania? I, I've been that well, for one, it's a way to put all six women into one match. And you don't have to split up and take up extra matches. Uh, but that's, that was kind of my thought process from a few weeks ago was that this would end up being a six person tag. Uh, next is Edge versus Finn Balor. I, I expect this to be official by next week's show, being that Finn Balor um, challenged Edge for a match at WrestleMania. The thing here is the rumor's been hell in a cell. So I will say definitely this is going to happen, Edge versus Finn Balor, if he's still on hell in a cell. If Okay, I, I, I believe the match is going to happen. If they do hell in a cell... Does I mean? Do you put Hell in a Cell at the beginning of a card, in the middle of WrestleMania, or at the end? I think you open with it. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Would you open night one or night two, though, with it? I would open night... I think I'd open night one with it. And then do you do... Because I was trying to think... I'm sorry, yeah. go ahead. I was trying to think about WrestleMania 28 with Taker and um, HBK. Uh, excuse me, Hunter. Yeah, yeah. I think that it's was just, in the middle of the card. Let me take a look here real quick. Or I thought that was like the third or fourth match. And that's it, simply what they do is they'll have a hot match start, one that kind of drifts down a little bit, and then they bring it back up and then pull it back down, heading into your main event. Like there's that little bit of a roller coaster on match placement on the card. So at WrestleMania 28, there were nine matches, one of them being on the pre-show. Um, Undertaker and Triple H were considered to be the sixth match on the card. The f- f- uh, matches previous to it, pre-show match was 5.02. Uh, first match on the official card was Daniel Bryan Sheamus was 18 seconds. Next match, Kane and Randy Orton was 10 minutes, 58 seconds. Big Show defeated Cody Rhodes in five minutes and 19 seconds. Kelly Kelly and Maria Meninos defeated Beth Phoenix and Eve Torres, which was Dr. Trey's match of the year. In yeah. six minutes and twenty-two seconds, so that basically they had um, maybe maybe an hour, and then that match went thirty minutes and forty-seven seconds. But I think I would do it at the beginning of the show, Doctor Trey. Oh, was that the Maria the Maria Menounos match where she had the the tan liner, the, the spray tan was on the back of her white trunks, and I literally sat here and thought she had pooped herself. I think yes, I think so, but I think it was one of her opponents. I think it was like Eve Torres's. I remember one of them had that weird like spray tan streak on their backside. I'm like, uh, did we yes, have a, like, I, I think a you're medical right. malfunction? So, but yeah, like to me, you if you're doing Hell in a Cell, it's got to open one of the nights. Like, like it's, you know, Roman and Cody's going to be one match closing at the show, and then probably Rhea and Charlotte will close out another night of the show. So you'd have to go early with it, and then do you get Demon Finn and Brood Edge? in this like blood feud inside hell in a cell at this point. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I, you know, the only reason why I bring up hell in a cell is because they said they were, they were planning to do it for Royal rumble. I mean, they, I mean, they could just do straight steel cage. I mean, I, to me, it's gotta be some form of a cage. Like, yeah. was, and I don't remember the last time we've had an actual steel cage match at WrestleMania either. Like it's been, oh, uh, Braun and Shane, right? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I, damn! I forgot that match because I, I know how much you love Shane. Um, <laughs> but it's a rarity. But then again, like we talked about, like we see, like if they're doing away with the Hell in a Cell pay per view, it does make sense to put a Hell in a Cell match on the WrestleMania card, so that way next year you can just kind of eliminate that pay per view and just sprinkle in Hell in a Cell matches. Hey, that's what Hunter said, right? He said that that. That he didn't want to do that as a pay-per-view anymore, that Hell in a Cell should be used to end a feud. And if there's a feud that potentially should end in a Hell in a Cell, it would be Edge and Judgment Day with Edge taking on Finn Balor and Hell in a Cell. I, yeah. I, I'm kind of I'm pushing myself into believing that Hell in a Cell is, is going to happen for this match now. 
Yeah, and and I'm gonna go night two. I would if they do it in Hell Cell, I would say start night two with it because if you're gonna end if you're gonna end night one probably with Rhea and Charlotte, then kicking off night two with Edge and Finn and Hell Cell will be an awesome way to start the show. Uh, next, I think that this match could be official by next week's pod. Austin Theory defending the United States Championship against John Cena. Uh, I don't think by next week's show. I would say probably the week after because you need a cool down period from whatever happens on Raw this week. I, I just they. I mean, he may come out and do a challenge, but I think something's going to happen, and then the following week is when they'll have the challenge laid out. Plus, you can't confirm like six matches on one show, so you got to break it up a little bit. That's very true. Um, and then this is kind of a two-part, because on last week's podcast, we said Gunther versus Sheamus versus Drew McIntyre for the Intercontinental Championship is the rumored match. On SmackDown this past Friday, Drew McIntyre watched Imperium's match um, at ringside and was teasing, you know, going after Gunther. So maybe Gunther versus Drew McIntyre for the IC title is a match that could be happening as well at WrestleMania 39. Thoughts on Gunther and the IC title picture right now for WrestleMania? Yeah, I, to me, I mean, it's really the only like if you do all three of them, it's a good triple threat. Um, I, I I prefer to have a fourth guy in there because otherwise it's just like Sheamus and Drew against Gunther. Uh, it looks like a handicap match, even though it's not. Um, I throw Braun in there. You put Braun, Gunther, Sheamus, and Drew in one match, Jeez. like that's a banger right there. And the, like not in the sense of the cool kid word, like. Those four guys are going to beat the living hell out of each other, and that's always fun and enjoyable to watch. Yeah, okay, so we'll add that to the list as well. Maybe you make it a big fatal four-way with Braun in there also. That's a lot of uh, big dudes beating the crap out of one another. So the IC title is probably the most murky, I would say. That and the Women's Tag Team Championship are the most murky for us as we look at the card. Uh, other builds, I don't see anything on WWE programming right now, Dr. Trey, that's making me go that I think – this match will be taking place at WrestleMania right now. I, I'm not seeing anything else. I guess maybe Solo Sequoia versus Riddle, if Riddle is to return soon. But I'm not seeing anything else at the moment. On that, because I still think Solo's going to be featured in, you know, have a spot within the Uso-Kevin and Sammy match. Um, to me, at this point, after the match that we talked about, it's going to be Battle Royals. I, I think they need to do some kind of tag team gauntlet match as well. Just... Because just throwing the random tag teams into a battle royal is not great, but like if they could do, I mean AEW's done a lot of those like you know tag team battle royals. Maybe uh, Triple H can steal from Tony Khan when it comes to that. Yeah, yeah. I mean they they he stole the post show idea, the the medium scrum media scrum that now they're doing in WWE. So uh, why not? So there's the latest with the WrestleMania 39 card. If we missed anything that you think could be taking place at WrestleMania 39, feel free to chime in at SRTU Podcast on Twitter. Um, switching gears to AEW, Dr. Trey, uh, before we preview and predict AEW Revolution, we talked about this uh, a couple episodes back when this was starting to build, and we'll bring it up again as we head into Sunday's pay-per-view. I think the match, the Ironman match against Brian Danielson is MJF's most important match of his career right now. I think we all know he can talk. We all know he's a very good character. We all know he can wrestle, but this match, 60 minutes against one of the best wrestlers ever in Brian Danielson, one of the best technicians of all time, could put MJF on the map as the full triple threat of professional wrestling, right? The full triple threat is good character gimmick, good talker, fantastic worker. And there's not a lot of people that are like that. And this match could solidify MJF as that type of threat in professional wrestling. I say this is his most important match of his career, Dr. Trey. What say you as we head into, you know, Sunday's big pay-per-view event, this Ironman match against Brian Danielson, 60 minutes. MJF is the world champion. Again, people know he's a good worker, but maybe they're a little bit iffy on him. Do you agree with me that this is the most important match of his young career right now? No, I absolutely do. I, I believe it's the most important match of his career at this point. I think it's the most important match of his title run. Um, it may be arguably one of the most important matches in the history of AEW because we, we you and I have done this long enough now, like, you know, with the three, three and a half years of AEW, where it's like the world title picture, some, the world title kind of seems to fall by the wayside at times. And as happy as we were that MGF got the chance to run with it, 
like, do you feel like this has been a strong world title run or do you feel like it's kind of like hangman Adam page title run? Like it's a lot of talking and a lot of anticipation and, I don't, I don't know how well it's delivered so far. So this match is really important across the board, I think, for everybody in AEW right now. Yeah, it's funny that you bring up the world title stuff for MJF right now because I do agree that this is the classic um, red-hot wrestler, becomes world champion, becomes world champion, fans kind of go cold on him, run as first-ever time world champion is is kind of murky and iffy at times. And I do feel like that is currently playing a role with MJF. And I think them booking him as like a Roman Reigns-like talent that he only wrestles every once in a while and is a special attraction. While that may make sense for MJF in a year, two years, three years down the line, it does not make sense right now. I think once you become world champion of professional wrestling for your first reign, you still need to prove yourself that much more. And as much as I love MJF, I don't think he's done that quite yet. And that can all change a week from now with this match against Brian Danielson. He can make a lot of people shut up, and I actually fully expect that he will. I've said that the last couple of weeks in talking about this match. I fully expect that MJF solidifies himself as a triple threat this Sunday in the Ironman match. I think we sit here... A week from now, and we talk about how this match has helped take MJF to the next level, that he has showcased that he is a great in-ring worker. He's a student of the game. I fully expect it. However, back to your original point, I do think he's suffering from that first world championship reign um, disease, we'll call it, for lack of better terms. That happens a lot in professional wrestling right now. Yeah, like, you know, the, the, the making it special angle that people want to bring up. But the difference is, even when Roman first won that title in this heel run, Roman worked a lot that first year. You know, it wasn't until that he started surrounding himself with the rest of the bloodline did he start stepping back. And at that point, he had he had the gravitas. He had he had earned the right to kind of make it feel special by not wrestling as much. MJF hasn't hit that point yet. He really hasn't earned that gravitas that I like to throw around that word now. That's my word of the day, apparently. Um, but he hasn't earned that right. And when you're a brand-new champion and a young champion, although you may be one of the hotter acts in wrestling, if you're not out there proving it, are the people buying in? And then once again, when you're a heel champion, you have to create obstacles that the babyface has to overcome that are believable. And on paper, everybody looks at this match and goes, well, MJF's a great talker. MJF's a pretty good worker, but Brian Danielson's the best wrestler in the world. What obstacles now at this point is Danielson having to jump through to to beat MJF? You're making MJF look like the underdog, which is not how you really want to set up as a heel champion. So that's why I'm kind of confused on the booking aspect of this because everything on paper points to Danielson winning this match other than the fact that the, the, his opponent's MJF. Like outside of that, everything else, all the balls are lined in Brian Danielson's court right now. All right, we'll preview and predict here pretty soon. Dr. Trey, what is the headline? Because we both agree that this is the most important match of his career for MJF. What is the headline a week a week from now when we do the podcast and we are talking about this specific match? MJF has the match of his career and uh, proves that he's arguably the best professional wrestler in wrestling. Wow. You really think that this match can make him the best in-ring worker? Well, no, no. Best professional wrestler, which is the... Okay. I guess we're well, going back to the triple well, threat well, thing that I'm saying, yes. right? Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. No, I'm with you on that. I mean, it's it's one of those... I mean, you don't get... If you're one of those... If you're one of those guys, this is Miz, John Cena at WrestleMania, where the Miz was trying to jump up to that level, but the booking of the match didn't allow him to do that. But this is your young upstart, great heel champion against one of your top baby faces. Everything pointing to the baby face winning this match, and it's a chance to really make a great top of the you know top of the food chain heel champion. This is this is AEW's chance. WWE didn't pull the trigger with Miz back in the day. This is AEW's chance to really create their next Ric Flair. 
Yeah, and I think he comes through. Um, I truly do. And I'm excited for this match, Dr. Trey. I'm actually very excited for this card. I think this is the first time in a long time I've been excited for an AEW card, pay-per-view card, because I think they've done a much better job with creative building towards this than they've done for, I don't know, the last three, four, five pay-per-views they've done. In all honesty, right? Was it All Out was the last one we really loved? All Out 2021. That was when Danielson debuted. So, I mean, no, there was one. Oh, 2020. Was it 2000? Yeah, 2021. No, I thought there was one last year that we really loved. And then they just kind of shit the bed after it. Was uh, it Revolution? It was a Revolution. Well, that may have been. I'm, I'm going to actually take a look at our pay-per-view history here and see what <laughs> we did for grades. That's the, the best way to do it. Because I did yeah. love MJF versus CM Punk at Revolution last year. Oh, uh, yeah. We I gave we had- Revolution 3.8. I did 3.7. Uh, Double or Nothing was a 3.6 from me, 3.5 from you. I gave Forbidden Door 4.1. You gave it a 3.9. All Out was 3.4, 3.5 from you. Full Gear was 3.5, 3.6. I don't, I don't know. Maybe Dr. it was Trey. last year's Revolution that was pretty good, and we were like waiting for the fallout from it to see what happened. I, it's been a while that it we has. had a great show that we were like, oh my God, that was the best show we've seen in a long time. And it may have been, you know, all out 2021, because I think that was when we actually had a d- decent debate between that and that WrestleMania that year as to show of the year. Um, but like, you know, on paper, once again, everything looks like the stars are aligning for this pay-per-view. It's just whether or not creative actually pulls the, the trigger and lets the fans like really enjoy the show. Like, like I said, my only knock on the build for this pay-per-view has been them basically kind of putting MJF as the underdog heading into the match because you typically don't want your heel to look like an underdog unless you're going to pull a huge swerve at the end of the match. That's the only, that's be the only thing I can say. I think the only way, reason why they're doing that is because this is not theoretically MJF's match, right? Like a 60-man and Iron Man match screams Brian Danielson. Like I don't think that there's anybody else in professional wrestling right now that if you're like, okay, rank people that you would want an Iron Man match in any promotion, number one pick for everybody would be, well, Brian Danielson. Like, that's the reason why I think MJF is going into this thing as an underdog. And I think it actually, you know, helps him out despite being world champion. I get your point totally. Like, the world champion should not be booked that way. But, th- you know, we just spent a decent amount of time complaining about that his first three months of champion have been lackluster. Well, what's the best way to do that? Like you put him in a match, an Ironman match. He works his ass off, performs to the highest level, defeats Brian Danielson in his quote match and helps elevate him some. I think it's, I think it's the right creative in all honesty. Only knock on that was your, that's the right creative. If you're booking a babyface champion, you're booking a heel champion. Your heels are supposed to take shortcuts and screw the baby face over. So unless they have a good finish for MJF to screw Danielson in this match, because in this match, you want people still to hate MJF. If you watch a guy overcome adversity and overcome obstacles, you start rooting for him. That's just human nature. So that's my only knock on the build is that they're almost building this in reverse. You know, you go back to Sean and Brett Iron Man match. That was Sean being the underdog heading into that match against the best technical wrestler. And Sean came out as the uber babyface because he had to had to overcome the adversity to win the title. Like this is your heel is supposed to pull every dirty trick in the book to be reviled and hated. And it just makes it harder to do when he's having to be the one that has to overcome the obstacles. All right. Let me ask you a question because you brought up a great point. Okay, do you want MJF to win? The Iron Man match. Should he win the Iron Man match? Do you want him to win by cheating during the 60 minutes or doing it clean and out wrestling Brian Danielson? What makes a bigger impact in your eyes based on his character, him being a heel and being the world champion? To cheat in this match. Now, he doesn't have to cheat the entire time. You can still go 45 minutes, 50 minutes, great technical wrestling. But at the end, in order for him to be a heel champion, He's going to have to cheat in some way to it, even if it's just a simple roll-up with three seconds left and him holding the tights, like something simple like that. Because basically at the end of that match, then that's a big F you to the crowd. Like, look, I showed you I'd go for 50 minutes, but at the end of the day, I'm still the scumbag that's going to cheat to win. Fair. Okay, fair point. I mean, this is um, 
It's going to be a very interesting match on, on Sunday, and I'm looking forward to it. MJF and Brian Daniels, which we will preview on. Well, we basically previewed it. We'll predict it here in a couple minutes. Um, let's get, a, get to AW Revolution. Dr. Trey will preview and predict it this Sunday, March 5th, from the Chase Center in San Francisco, California. Uh, first match here is a no-hold-barred match. It was just announced on Wednesday's Dynamite. Christian Cage versus Jungle Boy Jack Perry. Uh, I'm going to take Jungle Boy Jack Perry in this match. Uh, for the victory because he has to get some sort of come up against Christian Cage. And I've just got this weird feeling that I think Christian Cage is on his way out of AEW for some reason. Yeah, by the way, did you like that segment with the whole grave? No, it was weird. I'm I, like, when did Jack Perry become the Undertaker? Like yeah, I don't like what I does Jungle Boy have to do with a cemetery? The the like, the flashes made sense, right? From full gear against the young bucks and yeah. Christian doing all that. It was the it was the grave scene. I was like, what? This makes no sense. This part it doesn't make any sense. And I'm not a big fan of grave scenes anyway. I mean, unless it's unless you have a character where it fits and that character didn't fit. But I'm with you on the match. I'm taking Jungle Boy. Uh, you know, he's a foundation. Christian Cage is, I mean, at the end, they like, sign like a one or two year contract. So there's times, even though they add time on for injury, just like WWE does, I still feel like I'm with you. He's probably heading out the door at some point. And, you know, it'd be nice to see Edge and Christian back together in WWE again. Right. Just saying. Yeah, I would love to see it. So we're both taking Jungle Boy Jack Perry. Yeah. Uh, next match here is the Elite defending the World Trios Championship against the House of Black. Dr. Trey, what say you? Uh, I'm taking House of Black in this one because I think it makes more sense because it is the Trios Tag Championship. And on me, on the on the hierarchy of championships, it's a little bit down the ladder. It's a little more of a, a middle, of the, you know, middle of the card type championship. This would free up the Bucks and Kenny Omega to challenge for bigger titles if they so. I mean, MJF's probably going to need an opponent, you know, somebody else to go after. You know, the, we're going to need somebody to step up and be, you know, be the next challenger for the world title. And, and Kenny hasn't done it since he came back. So I'll take House of Black winning the title to allow Kenny and the Bucks to do other stuff. The next MJF challenger is definitely a discussion we should will probably have here uh, in the coming weeks. Should MJF retain? Because I've certainly got some uh, ideas of who I, who I think could be the number one contender, Bebe. Uh, I am going to pick the Elite to retain the World Trios Championship on Sunday. Dr. Trey takes the House of Black. Uh, next match is Jamie Hayter defending the AW Women's, Women's World Championship against Rhea and Ruby Soho. I had a tough time calling this one, Dr. Trey. I went back and forth on nearly on all three women, quite honestly. Uh, but at the end of the day, I'm going to pick Jamie Hayter to retain. Yeah, I, I've literally got, had the same thing. I've gone back and forth. I'm going to take Soraya because Ruby helps her win. Because uh, apparently Jamie and Britt are baby faces now. Okay, Sammy's mad at me. Sammy wants Sammy wants me to pick Jamie Hater, but I'm I'm sticking with Soraya because uh, they they put a lot of money in her uh, to get her to come wrestle. So I'll take Soraya to get the win. Uh, next match is Chris Jericho taking on Ricky Starks. The JASR banned from ringside. Doctor Trey, what say you? Uh, I'll take Jericho. I know this is like a star making opportunity for Ricky Starks and you can move up the ladder. Uh, but at the end of the day, Jericho is still one of your top money makers and, uh, he, he needs wins every now and then. So I'll take Jericho getting the win over Ricky Starks. I'm going to take Jericho as well because Ricky Starks won their match in like December, I want to say, or maybe it was early January. Um, and I'm going to add a little bit in this. JS is banned from ringside. I think action and Dreddy gets involved in the match and he turns on Ricky Starks, Dr. Trey. Jericho get to rename him then, like he did with uh, Daddy Mac and Pablo Picasso, whatever, whatever their names are. I forget their names. I don't know. I don't know. Cool Hand Ange and, and Daddy Mac yes. or Daddy, uh, Daddy Magic. Yeah, something like that. I think I think he Jericho's good about taking these young guys under his wings and helping try to elevate them. So I, I can see your point. Uh, makes a lot of sense, and I still think that name Action Andretti is god awful. It just sounds like a bad race car, like cartoon race car driver. He said in an interview, it had nothing to do with racing. He just picked it for the. Double A part. Uh, next match is Samoa Joe defend the TNT Championship against Wardlow. I'm going to take Wardlow winning back the TNT title. Yeah, especially with Ring of Honor kind of getting up and going. We need the Ring of Honor Television Champion back on Ring of Honor, so I will take Wardlow as well winning the TNT Championship. Uh, Texas Death Match. John Moxley takes on Hangman Adam Page. Dr. Trey, who do you like in this one? Nobody, because neither guy is from Texas. So yeah, I, don't, yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I don't. I don't really know who went. Um, and I don't understand the good guy, good guy deathmatch booking on this match as well. Um, I will take Hangman because I think he needs to win more than Moxley does. 
I'm going to take Hangman as well with the same reason that Dr. Trey has that Hangman needs a victory more than Moxley. Um, next here is the Fatal 4-Way Tag Team Match for the AW World Tag Team Championship. The Guns defend against the acclaimed Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett and Orange Cassie and Danhausen, uh, who won the Casino Battle Royale on, or just the Battle Royale in general on Wednesday's Dynamite. I'm going to take the Guns retaining the World Tag Team Championship. It would, it would not be good if they dropped the titles right away. And I think Billy Gunn helps them get the victory. So I'm taking the guns to retain. Billy Gunn helps them on purpose or accidentally? On purpose. Create Okay, on purpose. So I'm going to take the guns as well, but I think it's because Billy Gunn accidentally, and I'm air quoting there, helps the guns win because I think when you finally have Billy Gunn turn, it has to be on a one-on-one kind of encounter. And a fatal four-way doesn't really do a lot of sense, makes a lot of sense, but if you want to maximize it, you do it with the acclaim and the guns going one-on-one. So I'll take the guns now because Billy accidentally helps his boys retain. And then finally, six-minute Ironman match for the AW World Championship. MJF defends against Brian Danielson. Dr. Trey, who do you like in this one? Uh, like For all the reasons I talked about earlier, I, I still think that if you're trying to create your next Ric Flair, which is how a lot of these guys did grow up watching WCW, NWA, MJF has to win this match, and I still I think MJF has to kind of screw Danielson in the end, or somebody has to help MJF screw Danielson in the end. So I will take MJF having a fantastic 55-minute match, and then the last five minutes is where MJF screws Danielson over and gets the win and still is reviled and hated. I'm going to take MJF as well, and I cannot wait to watch this match on Sunday and then recap it here a week from today with Dr. Trey and get our thoughts on how the match played out and if it uh, answered every question that we had and fulfilled everything that we wanted to see from both MJF and Brian Danielson on Sunday. Uh, with that said, let's get a couple of plugs and sponsors out of the way. You can download the show every Thursday at realguyradio.com, WrestleChatNet on Twitter, and the Still Realto Show iTunes feed. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to help us on the charts on iTunes. You can follow us individually on Twitter for myself at SRTU Jeff and for Dr. Trey Franklin at the Dr. Trey. And of course, don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at SRTU Podcast. With that being said, what is going on in the wonderful world of Dr. Trey Franklin this week? Well, like Jeff said, you can follow me on Twitter at the Dr. Trey. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram. Are you getting Dr. hit? Sammy is beating the crap out of me right now. <laughs> Apparently, he hated. All of my picks. He has literally punched me like five times in a row. And I'm like, I don't want to yell at him. i do the podcast. But he is literally like, it like. by the way, so the, the cutest, I'll, I'll, I'm going to go down a rabbit hole for a second. Cutest thing happened the other night. Monday Night Raw is on. We put him to bed at like nine, at like 8.30. About 9.45, he comes walking in to watch the end of the Becky lead a damage control match. And every time the girls get hit, he's literally going, ow, ow, see, ow. Yeah. He was literally just calling it the entire match, but it was so cute. But yeah, he was literally just slapping me to get my, get, my, get his attention. So, uh, but yeah, so like I was saying, you can follow me on Twitter at the Dr. Trey. Find me on Facebook and Instagram, Dr. Trey Franklin. Uh, when you're on Facebook, check out Rocket City Championship Wrestling. We have a big show coming up this Saturday. Uh, signed also for uh, WrestleCon, uh, WrestlingCon 6. Chase Owens from the Bullet Club just announced to appear at WrestlingCon 6 this year. Uh, and then if you want to check out uh, my appearance on ta- or news and views on Talk 99.5, uh, I will share it if Jeff wants me to on our uh, SRTU Facebook page as well. Yeah, absolutely. Put it out there. Let's uh, everybody go out there, support out to Trey and support all the great things that happen here each and every week on the Still Realto Show. Uh, next week's podcast, we'll recap and review AW Revolution. We'll look at the latest with the WrestleMania 39, 39 card and everything else going on in the world of professional wrestling here on uh, on March the 9th for the next episode of SRTU. Uh, thank you for everybody for subscribing. Thank you for everybody for downloading and listening to us this week. Um, thank you for all your support. And until next week, for the man getting slapped in the face slash radio star, Dr. Trey Franklin, I am Jeff Peck. This is The Sterilto Show.